Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. I'm excited about uh, tonight's session, and uh, as usual, I have my esteemed colleagues, the great Dr. Arlene Green with us with LTI, and the super senior vice president, Ms. Karen Abrams. We're going to be talking a little bit tonight about this thing called communication. Communication, how to listen, speak, and connect better. So that's going to be tonight's topic that we're going to talk about. And, you know, communication is refers to an exchange of information, a message between two or more people. And for communication to succeed, both parties must be able to exchange information and then understand one another. But if that flow of information is blocked for some reason, or the parties cannot make themselves understand, then communication fails. So Dr. Green, Ms. Karen, I'm excited about this, this communication and how we speak and how we listen and, and how we connect better. So let's just kind of jump into this thing, um, communication. You know, what do you ladies think that God in terms wants for us as we communicate, you know, and, and before I let you answer, I want to ask our life-changing faith nation audience. So what do you life-changing faith nation think that God expects of us in terms of communication? What do you think God expects of you in terms of communication? Go ahead, start putting that in the chat and we're going to get to our illustrious panel. So Dr. Green, Ms. Karen, Either one, what do you think God expects from us in terms of communication? Well, um, I'll get started. I, when you're describing the definition, um, when I think about effective communication, I feel like there's two parts. There's a connection. You know, we, I've had a mutual connection with someone and we walk away with some level of mutual understanding, right? <laughs> which seems simple, but it's much more challenging than it can appear because I was reflecting on how many times I've had conversations with Kelvin or, you know, I talk with my team about something and I feel like, okay, we got it. You know, then 12 hours later, it's like, we're confused on what we discussed. <laughs> like, I thought we said we were going to, uh, no, I thought we were going to. So it's really challenging, I think, to communicate effectively. It takes being intentional. It takes some practice. Um, it takes some patience. And so I think if you can have the connection and the mutual understanding, that's when it starts to be most effective. Okay. 
And I, I would add to that that uh, communication really is a process. Um, you have to think of the end result that you're trying to achieve in communication. So the first thing that you have to really understand is, well, what is the motivation behind what you're communicating? Why are you communicating to begin with? You know, you start with that process step. And then once you've determined why you're going to communicate or, or you know, give a message to somebody else is, well, you're going to have to figure out, well, what are you going to say? You know, what is the true message or context behind what it is that you're going to say? And then that most difficult part is, how are you going to say it? There's a lot of other factors that come into that communication when you think about transmitting or sending a message over to someone. Then there's this, the whole aspect of getting that message out over to the other person and making sure that they are receiving it in the manner in which you expected them based on how you're communicating. Is that message getting across appropriately? Um, and then you have to think about all those filters that potentially that message has to go through, the noise, so to say, that it has to pass through, whether it's you know um, environmental factors or it may be just physical factors or it could be mental factors in terms of maybe it's not the right time for that person to hear this message, so it's not gonna come across as clearly. And so you have to think about how they would then receive the message. And then did you all, as you talked about, Charles, to begin with, did you all get to that mutual understanding in terms of what was trying to be communicated in the first place? So there truly is a problem. There's various process steps that take place there, you know, and, it, and as you said, Arlene, it takes practice. It takes practice. It's not just the, you know, getting a message through and expecting that it went across the way that you wanted it to. Absolutely. Yeah. If we just focus on how do we be effective in our communicating? I mean, I have three daughters and my oldest is 25 and my youngest is 11. So to communicate the same message to them, I have to get to their level of understanding and their experiences so that they receive what I'm saying. And it has taken my wife to let me know that I still have work to do in being an effective communicator. So I'm still a work in progress. So y'all just bear with me and pray for your boy, please, please. Um, but, you know, let's, let's look at and ask this question, what does God expect of us in terms of communication? Let, let's go there. When we think about communication, what is it that God expects of us in terms of communicating, in terms of communication? Well, who'd like to start? I'll start. <laughs> um, I was looking at, well, I was looking up there's First of all, there's a ton of scripture verses. I mean, there's so much on communication in the Bible. Um, but the, the chapter that really kind of grabbed my attention was Ephesians 4. And in Ephesians 4, Paul starts with saying we should be unified as a body. So I think that's kind of the context. It says in Ephesians 4, 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So it's this idea that we should be unified. Um, in verse 25, he says, speak the truth so that our communication should speak the truth. But verse 29 was the one that really um, made me think about how I'm communicating. <laughs> and Charles, I think we talked about this. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. 
that is a high bar. <laughs> Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only you should be sharing what's helpful to someone else. Only you should be sharing what builds up others according to their needs that it benefits whoever's listening. So mm-hmm. God requires a lot of us in terms of our words, what we say, what we don't say. Um, yeah, he requires a lot. I mean, he's very concerned about this. Just if I look at the number of verses alone. Yeah, I agree, Arlene. Arlene there were so many verses on communication. It was just like, wow, which one do I grab and really try to you know, put some context around here? Mm-hmm. And I think the one that I took a look at was really Matthew 12, 33 to 35, where Jesus says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is not by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? Of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. So in this verse, basically, Jesus that out of the abundance of the heart is really where the mouth speaks. So in my opinion, that translates to pretty much any word that comes out of my mouth is kind of what, what's going on in my heart right now. So if I'm speaking something bad, I'm not feeling too good about, you know, situation or whatever the, you know, the person or whatever. And he expects us, though, that in all things out of our mouth, it's good because it is coming from your heart, mm-hmm. you know. Right. We may think certain things and then we rethink it because we may feel, okay, well, no, I, I shouldn't say it that way or I shouldn't say that. And like you said, everything that comes out of our mouth should be a benefit to others. And that is truly an internal feeling that you have about what you're speaking of and coming from the heart. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree. And, and I thought about what God expects of us. Uh, some notes that I've written was, to be like Jesus, to be compassion, to have empathy, uh, to have a forgiving heart as we speak, uh, to listen without, uh, without judging, to, to love someone as we are speaking to them. And Colossians 4 and 6 was one of the, the scripture that jumped out at me. And it said, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And for me, in, in studying this and just looking at communication, something that really jumped out at me is in the third verse of the book of Genesis is when we first see God speaking. And he spoke to, to nothingness and created it. And, and I'm just sitting back and I'm like, well, why did God just speak it? Why didn't he just snap his finger and create it? And then it took me to Proverbs 18:21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So God chose to speak to form. And then if there is death and life in the power of the tongue, and as Genesis says, that we're made in the image of God. So God's word spoke and created. So our words speak and create. So what are we speaking and creating to the people, are we speaking love? Are we speaking compassion? Are we speaking empathy? And you know, one uh, one day this week, my wife got on me because I take these vitamins and some of them are so huge. And I said, this vitamin is about to kill me. She said, watch your words, watch mm-hmm. your words. Because she recognized that there is power in our words. So I believe to, to your point that 
God wants us to have all of that and to recognize the power of our words as we are speaking to his people to edify them and to glorify him. Well, I was looking at some of the comments from um, our family and I just noticed that um, Elder Span also said, put the Colossians 4, 6. Um, mm -hmm. Our speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that, as you all were saying, we may know how to answer everyone. People um, mm -hmm. said importance to effectively listen. Being able to listen is primary to good communication from Sister Basie. Uh, Brother Ed said willingness to listen and demonstration of understanding. And I saw Elder Span said being slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm -hmm. Right, makes us slow to anger. And I was thinking about what you said, Elder Charles, that God has empowered our speech. He's empowered our tongues and he gave us the example in Genesis. I hadn't thought about it like that, but it has power. So we're either using that power for good or we're using it for bad. Either we're using it to build up relationships and create great relationships or we're using it to tear down relationships. But either way, what you speak has power. So that alone Absolutely. should put us a little bit more cautious, I guess, a little more thoughtful um, in what we're saying. So I and like even, that. And even yes. when we use our words, you know, similar to what you were just saying, James 3, 6 and 8 says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is, is itself set on fire by hell. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And lastly, Matthew 12, 36 says, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. So we are definitely accountable for the words that come out, come out of our mouth all the way through the day of judgment. So you better Amen. be careful the mouth and the tongue. <laughs> uh Sister Courtney, Sister Courtney says that I think God expects first, it, what God expects first is the truth and with good intent, mm. the truth and with good intent. And the gospel is the truth. So I agree with you, Sister Courtney. Um, everything that we say should be in truth and good intent. We can't control how somebody receives it. We do our best to frame and to package the message so that it's received well, but if our intent is good, if our intent is good. Um, before we move on, there's one other thing. I, I liked uh, 2 Timothy 2.16, and it says, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it, we become more and more ungodly. Mm -hmm. So the more godless chatter, we become more and more ungodly, right? So now let's dig a little bit deeper into this thing of effective communication. So we kind of talked a little bit about what makes communication effective. What kind of tips and strategies would you share that would help us make our communication more effective? Well, you know, before we got on this call, I think we kind of talked about a little bit um, of knowing yourself terms of who you are as an individual and also knowing your audience. I think those are two key things to communication. I know it's helped me personally to understand, you know, how I communicate, what's my best mode of communication. You know, sometimes maybe it's not 
you know, verbal communication, especially if, you know, it's going to come off emotionally charged, you know, so sometimes we may have to sit back and know what situation we're in, know how we may react to certain things. Um, and we may have to even put off communicating if it's going to be too intense or not be, you know, in the will of God based on how God intently expects us to speak. Um, but you also have to know your audience, you know, yeah, not only look at yourself, but look at them in terms of, you know, how they expect to receive that communication, who you're communicating to. You know, I think about the different people that I communicate to and how differently it is. I communicate to my husband, Rick, differently than I may communicate to um, my, even my, my sister or even, you know, my coworker at work or even my manager, you know, all those different types of communication. I could be saying the same thing, but I'm going to say it differently because of who I'm communicating to. So you definitely have to take your audience into account. I, was, um, I, I think I'd, I'd shared when we chatted about this a little bit, I shared an acronym that um, I'd learned. And after I read the verse that I talked about earlier in Ephesians, that don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's helpful. Um, I think this acronym probably relates to that verse. And it was think before you speak. So before you speak, ask yourself these questions. And especially if I feel like this is really helpful when you know you want to say something but you kind of can tell like in your spirit, you're like, should I say this or not? uh, You know, you're, you're wrestling with yourself. Then the acronym is think before you speak. And you basically ask yourself these five questions for T. Is it true? For H is it helpful? Meaning does it benefit the person or the situation? I, is it inspiring? And we talked about that as being positive, building someone else up in, is it necessary? So are we talking either too much or not enough? You know, are we sharing what's necessary, but maybe not oversharing or just talking to be talking or godless chatter like you talked about? Is it necessary? And then K, is it kind? So is it true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind? And so that's a really good filter Mm -hmm. to think through before. If you're wrestling with something on whether or not you should share it, pray on that filter. and, you know, there have been several times when God's like, no, you don't need to, <laughs> you just don't need to say it. It's not necessary. Right. You know, it's not kind. It's not helpful to somebody. I mean, and sometimes it's not even true. It's true from your perspective, but is it actually true? You know, no. Like, so there's a lot of things you cannot communicate if you just give yourself enough time to breathe, filter, and let God instruct you as to whether or not you should say it or not. So I think I love that acronym. I'd heard it before, but only when studying for this did I realize really how biblical, how much it ties to so much of the word. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think we can all go home now because all we're going to do is think before we say anything and then it'll be true and it'll give glory to God. Right. That's all we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that piece on effective communication and to Karen's point, knowing your audience and knowing the message is so critical because I was thinking about growing up in Oak Cliff and, you know, when we would walk down the street and you see a guy and you throw that head back like that, he knew what that meant. That was an acknowledgement of him. And that was kind of a, a hello or I see you. Whereas somebody else that's not familiar with that neighborhood would see that head and say, oh, he got a twitch. He got something going on with his spinal column or something, right? So, yeah. you know, really knowing the audience is, is key. 
and recognizing what's the noise around my message. Um, one of the things that, that I get told by my family around communication is my face says one thing, my words say another. So quite often I'll get, well, your face is not matching up with your words. So I have to control what my face looks like. I think we have to monitor, you know, our body language, um, our tonality, the, the speed of which we talk. All of those things go into creating, I believe, effective communication. And it helps someone receive our message um, better than if we just spew a message out at that person. So those are some tips that I think are important to really, you know, be mindful of, of your mannerism, your, your facial features, um, your, your body language, all of those kinds of things. Um, the tone of voice, the pitch of your voice, all of that to, to be effective in your communicate. I think a couple of, because I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Karen. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think a couple of other tips that we, you know, kind of glazed over one is making sure that you're finding the, the perfect time to communicate, right? Because you have to have the right time as an example, you know, I'm not going to go try and talk to Rick when the Raiders and Lakers are on. That's just not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Especially if you want to try and get your message across the way that you want to. But in that as well, you've got to find the perfect time because you want somebody to be actively listening to you. I mean, that's just key to be an effective communicator, not just from who you're speaking with, but even personally yourself to be actively engaged in that communication, making that eye contact and nodding your head, you know, and listening, truly listening to what they're saying and asking the right pointed questions back to them based on the message and the conversation that's going on. You know, I've seen many times in boardrooms that I'm sitting in where, you know, people are fidgeting or they're getting up and they're going off to, you know, somewhere else. And, you know, that could be disturbing and distracting and, and it's not effective. That means that they're really not paying attention to you. So in order to ensure that you're having that proper conversation with someone, pay attention and actively get engaged in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. When you said that, I was thinking about, um, I thought about something else, but you just reminded me of something. I feel like there are some people who are really good at when you speak to them, they do give you like their full attention. um, And they, they look like they're listening. Like they, they turn their whole body, um, I had learned something one time called listening with ting, it was called, but it was basically like whole body listening, meaning like, it's not just my ear that's engaged. It's my eyes. It's like my heart. It's my emotion. I'm really listening to what you're saying and taking it in. And I work with some leaders and some of our ministers at church, like minister Emery does this. I feel like pastor does a good job of this. They can be really busy, but then if you're like, Hey, I need to talk to you. They like pivot and they're like, like they're fully in listening to you. And um, it's really rare to be fully listened to. Like, it's almost a gift you can give to other people to give like full body listening. Like I real my, everything I have is really turned towards you to hear what you have to say. Um, that sends a message to people that they're important to you, that you care about them. Um, whatever that is important to your kids, you know, when you can like cut everything else and look at them and really full body listen. It just sends a heart yes. message that's different than I heard you. 
Because right. <laughs> we can hear you a lot and hear people a lot of times, but it doesn't mean we really fully took in everything they were giving us. So when you said that, there are some people who are just good at, even in the midst of stuff, and I've been trying to practice it, just pivoting and like being like, for this moment, you know, this is where I am right here. I'm not going to worry about what else is around me. You know, that's, uh, I've gone through this training and that's called mirror and matching. Hmm. So if you and I are talking, if you're leaning in, then I lean in. If your arms are crossed, my arms are crossed. If your rate of speech is quick, then my rate of speech is quick. So whatever you do, I mirror and match what you do. If your head is nodding, I'm nodding my head as I'm talking to you. So hopefully that's what you're talking about, Arlene, that, that heart where I'm connecting with that person and they see that I'm all in. I am all in that moment while we're communicating. I, I agree. I love that. I think mirror and matching uh, is an excellent skill to practice, an excellent skill to practice. Yeah. I want to do more of that. Okay. It feels good to do it with other people, you know, so I, I want to do more of that. So, okay. We got some comments. Um, what do we have? Sister Elaine said Proverbs 15, one soft answer turns away wrath. Um, Brother Lord Key says, uh, can repeat the question? They didn't hear you. Um, if you find that if, you're a participant in active learning. You can avoid miscommunications so by active listening. Um, Sister Courtney chimes in and says, 80% of communication is nonverbal. Also, uh, what we don't say is saying something. And I think that is powerful. We see that a lot in relationships. We see that a lot with parent-child relationships. What is not said is extremely important. Um, Sister Diane says, I believe that God expects honesty from us because he already knows. Wow. Yeah. That will preach right there. <laughs> so when we tell God something, it's about us cleansing us because he already knows, right? Mm -hmm. He already knows. Um, let's look at this. So other than speaking or listening, what are other ways of communicating today? So other than speaking and listening, what are other ways of communicating today? And Life Changing Nation, why don't you go ahead and put that in the chat as well? Other than speaking and listening, what other ways do you see that we communicate today? Well, I definitely, this is one of, I feel my strengths and it's writing, you know, the course, you know, writing the communication, whether it's most of mine are emails, of course, from work, you know, but there's other new ways of doing things um, such as texting and so forth. But I, I talk about emails and in my opinion, you know, you have to ensure that your writing comes across effectively. I mean, because words can also be misconstrued or misunderstood in your written communication if you don't write it appropriately. Um, and there's to me is some tips that you should ensure that you do as you're writing your, your notes is never type an email or send a communication when you're emotional. And I think that's a, that's a huge lesson right there because it definitely will send a wrong message to the receiver of that. Um, and so sometimes what, you know, a, a good tip and a good practice with that, because we know that sometimes people will send you an email and you'll read it. You'll be like, no, they didn't just do that. And you're just ready to, you know, type up a response very quickly. Here's a tip that I do. You know, I, don't hit reply or if I hit reply, 
I don't put the name in. I make sure there's no names up there. And if I have to be frustrated and type an email to get that emotion out, I'll get it out. But I can't hit send because there's nobody's name in the address line. Um, and also, you know, make sure that you don't have any caps or bold letters or whatever, because that, they say it looks like you're screaming at somebody in an email when you do that. Take the time, relax, calm yourself down. Now go back through all of that you typed and type it professionally and appropriately as it should be. And then you go back and put in the name of the person that's going to, to make sure that you're responding professionally and without all of that emotion or frustration that you may have experienced as you first read that email. So that's one of my little tips under no circumstances. Again, like I said, should you type words in all caps or bold? That's just a written communication. No, no. <laughs> so. That's a good, that's a good one. Back to green. Um, well, I guess I was thinking about this, um, just social media, you know, so another way we communicate, it's written communication, but also visual, just um, like I've had whole conversations with friends of mine over text, just with, I don't know if they're called GIFs or GIFs, <laughs> whatever they are, those little, those little pictures of the people moving, like someone will send something fun, like I can go back four or five times just in those and we, and you know what the person's saying, you know what they're trying to convey. So I feel like there's a lot of different ways. I think Courtney mentioned to nonverbal, you know, just how much our nonverbals communicate is uh, another significant one. I was looking at a study that was talking about marriages and they were talking about how there's this it's study, it has like this five to one, they call it the magic ratio that they watch couples when they're in conflict and when they're in conflict, the most happy, healthiest kind of long-term couples in marriage, even in conflict, have like five to one positive, think, put positive things into the conversation than negative. And that positive might be like a smile. It might be like a, like pushing them on the shoulder. Like they add some kind of levity to make difficult conversations not so hard. Um, so the way I thought about it was like one eye roll takes five positive comments. Like when you... <laughs> And when you have eyeballs like I do, that is a challenge. <laughs> so the nonverbals are super important because they said people pick up, like Courtney was saying, on the nonverbal, just like they do verbal. So I may not say, I don't like what you're saying, but if I roll my eyes, it, you might as well have said it almost, you know? So um, there's a lot of ways, pictures, nonverbals, um, social media. Yeah, we communicate in a lot of different ways today. All of that. I, I was thinking in addition to what you ladies have said, you know, we think about art, we think about music, think about videos. All of those are ways that that we receive messages. And in today, especially with COVID, we have so much, you know, uh, FaceTime on social media and, and different games, even the, the, the games that the kids are playing, there are messages that are coming out in those games. Are they all God inspiring messages, God uplifting messages? No, you know, there are some games that do not do that. So I think we have to be mindful of those kinds of things as well. But there is so much, so many messages, so many mediums where things are just being thrown at us constantly. And there's just so much noise and how we can try to minimize and shut that stuff down. At some point, we just need a break. Yeah, I, I was looking, I printed out 
while we were doing the study, I printed out something and put it up. It was the, the scripture Philippians 4, 8 as a reminder. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If And this is the part that really got me and I read it. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, like that cracked me up when I read it. When I think about the way we talk to our our spouses, our children, our teams, our friends. It says, if anything ex- excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And as Karen said, what you think, you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you can think positive things, we're on the road to having more positive conversations, to hosting more positive things, taking in more positive content. So I posted that. I'd read it before, but I was like, that's another really big challenge. It's saying, if anything, I mean, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, certainly in every relationship we have, there is something excellent and praiseworthy. So we could really be pouring a lot of positivity and encouragement unto other people if we wanted to, if we chose to. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if we think about, about communication and what we should be sharing, it all should be about Jesus, about the salvation of Jesus and his love for us. If we are not incorporating that in our messages, in what we're sharing with people, then we have to ask ourselves, are we really being good Christians, good disciples? If we go all day without sharing the gospel of the good news, then to your point, Arlene, have we shared anything worth sharing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would add to that though, Charles, and say also it's not just the sharing verbally, but as our lady Courtney pointed out, it's the nonverbal too. It's those behaviors that you exhibit. Are your behaviors Christ-like as well in terms of how people view you or see you? Um, you know, some people, such as myself, I'm not the most talkative person unless I have to be. You know, but I hope that my gestures and my behaviors that I exhibit and show, whether it's helping others or serving others, that people see that, you know, and they want to emulate that because I do that because I love God and I'm a, and, you know, Christ is the head of my life. So I hope that people see that so they say, I want to be like her. I want to do that. I want to do that just like her. So sometimes it's not verbally speaking, but your actions can also speak louder than your words. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, Karen, that helps us speak, that helps us actually listen. And then that's connecting us better because not only do the people see uh, us, the physical, but they see our heart. They see hopefully Jesus in us. And that's where that connection actually comes in. Mm -hmm. So outstanding. In LTI, just fantastic over there. So another question for you, how do we communicate in a godly manner, we've got about another 10 minutes or so, 12 minutes. How do we communicate uh, in a godly manner with others? And then Life Changing Nation, we want you to put some of that in the comment section. How do you communicate in a godly manner with others? One little tip that, um, as Karen was saying, it's it's not just what we say. It's also what we don't say. You know, it's, it's the way we show up and our nonverbals. And I was thinking about what we don't say. One tip I got that I really, I love it. And I've tried to use it a lot is say, wow, not how, 
when people share their insights and ideas with you all. And I've probably shared this all before, but the idea that when someone says, you know, I really want to do so-and-so, I have a real practical mindset. And so I will start thinking like, how are we going to do that? Is that possible? And so I would really go into, well, how are you going to do that? Like, how is this going to happen? How are you thinking I'm helping? But that's not, you know, people don't need all that. So instead, when someone says, I want to go start whatever, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, you just <laughs> like, I don't have to add all this Debbie Downer. Well, how are you going to do this? And how, you know, it's just the, it's adding more negativity. So one thing I've tried to do is just to offer less. If they come to me and say, hey, can you help me with this? That's different. But if they're just throwing out an idea, I can be more encouraging by just saying, wow, that's that's great. I don't have to get into the how this or how that. So I think there is something for me in just not saying everything that that runs through my mind. Yeah. I think we talked about a lot of things. We talked about, you know, the word being powerful. We talked about, you know, listening before you respond to people, thinking before you speak. I think the one other item that I had here on my notes from Proverbs 14:25 says a truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. And what goes along with that is making sure that when you're talking to people, say what they really need to hear, you know, not what they want to hear. You know, a lot of times we respond to people, you know, and want to stay, you know, kind of even keeled and neutral on certain situations. So we tell them what they want to hear, you know, and, you know, as referred back to later, you know, we should be a benefit to others and really, you know, not just uplifting them, but being helpful to them. And if there's areas that we feel that they need, that they need to hear rightly from in a godly way, then we need to give, you know, speak to them for what they need to hear and not just what you think that they want to hear to really help to build themselves up or to improve themselves or whatever the communication may be about. We talked about that in our small group last night, actually. Yeah. It goes back to your team, right? Telling them the truth. I put down when I asked myself that question was um, to not judge, to not judge people because we never know their story. All we see or hear is this situation, this moment in time. And if we don't judge them, then we're being more like Christ because God never judged, Christ never judged. He was always compassionate. He always let the Holy Spirit convict people of their sin, their issue. And then listen in love um, is another way that I think that we can communicate with people in a godly manner. And um, I like Colossians 3 and 8. And it says, but you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So by extracting those things, then we're able to communicate like Christ. And then Psalm uh, four, excuse me, Psalm one forty one three says, "Set a guard over your mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of your lips." So set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. So are the things that I'm saying are they? edifying? Are they lifting up, building up that person and being said, to your point, Karen, in love so that they know that I care about them. And, and I help them, uh, Dr. Green, with possibility thinking. 
I believe it. We're just going to go to God. We're going to pray about it because only he can make that a reality in all of our lives. Right. Yeah. I, when you said the kind of the intent and not judging what the scripture I've written down was Proverbs 16, two, it says people think that whatever they do is right, but the Lord judges their reason for doing it. Hmm. Meaning it's not for us to judge someone else's intent. You know, we can mm-hmm. see what they do or don't do what they say or don't say, but we don't know the reason behind it, you know? And when right. you start to think, you know, the reason behind it is when you start to assume, you know, their intent. And we just don't mm-hmm. like, we don't know that the Lord judges their reason for doing it. So I agree. The more you can pull out this assumption of intent, really don't assume anything. But if you are going to assume something, at least assume positive intent, you know, at least they assume they didn't call you back because they were busy, you know, at least assume right. Maybe they weren't as nice because they're not feeling well, like at least assume positive intent. And really, we shouldn't be assuming a tent at all, because really, that's for God to judge and to work out with each of us. I, yeah, I agree with that. You know what, Dr. Green, that's, a, that's an interesting point. So do in, in communication, do I create stories in my own mind based on what I think you're going to say or why you didn't do something or the way that you're looking at me, am I creating this story in my mind? So no matter what you say, my story, my movie is already written. So we're already at a standstill. Is that what happens in communication? Does that happen? We're all laughing because we did a session on that. And it it happens a lot. I mean, it happens a, a lot. Um, I would think about with driving. I used to be a, a not a terrible driver, but a very frustrated driver. Like I was always like, Oh, I felt people are checking their phone. I feel like they were wasting my time. You know, I just was really frustrated. And I was in the car one day and I was blowing my horn and my sister is in the car with me. And she was like, I was blowing my horn about something in the other lane. She was like, that's not even your lane. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, but they're just wasting my time. But wasting my time was the story I was telling myself. So I was like, I'm going to tell myself a different story. I'm going to say, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're distracted because they're having a very bad day. Just by giving them positive intent, it changes my emotions. Like I am so calm in the car now. Like I, it really does change it. So if you can take out your story, um, yeah, you can change how you feel about something in your heart to Karen's point, and then your speech will follow. Um, so yeah. That was actually one of our my favorite lessons that we all did. We should do that sometime. <laughs> and then I, I, in doing the research for this, I ran across this blog, and um, there was this gentleman named Donnell King that dons himself as kind of like a communication nerd. Is kind of what he said. But one of the things he noted mm-hmm. is that communication is complicated. And here he said there's actually at least six people involved, even hmm. when you're communicating one on one. The first person is who you think you are, and then who you think the other person is mm. and who you think the other person thinks you are mm. and who the other person thinks he or she is, who the other person thinks you are, and then who the other person thinks he or she is. So, I mean, there's just all these complexities that really go into that mental frame of mind when you're ready to communicate, you know, mm-hmm. what is this other person going to think? You know, what is, you know, what are they going to think about me? You know, how am I going to come across? You know, there's so much complexity that goes into and you think through before you even get your words out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Communication is really complicated. Too many, lots of things to think about. Mm-hmm. It can be simple, but it is definitely a complicated process 
if we let all of this noise and all of these other um, external factors get in the way. And most of those external factors is me. It's me. It's what I think, um, how I'm looking at the situation. Um, I know, Karen, you had a interpersonal skills test that we were going to try to get out to the Life Changing Nation, encourage them to use that as some homework. Yes. Um, and we'll um, see if we can put the link in this chat here um, at the end of the, the session here so you can get access to it. But it is a, a communications skills test. And it really provides you some insight on just your communication style in general. In general, um, there's about the initial questionnaire is like 25 questions, and then it goes through some other, probably um, another 15 or so questions. But it's free, so you can get just a quick little snapshot of kind of your communication style, what some of your strengths may be, what some of your weaknesses are, based on how you respond to that. And then, if you're interested in doing the full profile that really lays out some of your insights, really goes deeper into your strengths and weaknesses. It talks about different areas of your listening, your view of others as you're communicating. Um, the price on there, I think it said like was $5.90 or something like that. But by registering on that site, you can potentially get like one credit that reduces even by a dollar because I took the test and um, ended up paying no more than $6 for it altogether once taxes were, were on there. But we'll put the link for that into, um, again, the chat so that if you're all interested in kind of doing your own self-assessment about your communication style and your skills, that can be helpful for you because it provides some good information on areas that you may need to focus on for improving your communication. Outstanding. Yep. Let's go ahead and lock that in. Uh, let's see what other comments we have before we're ready to wrap up. Uh, what were the last ones we read, Dr. Green? Um, body language. Comment from Brother Odom, uh, positive thoughts can lead to positive actions, which can lead to a positive response. Amen to that. Uh, Sister Nina, in every type of communication, show yourself friendly. Amen. I, I agree with that. Uh, Sister Diane, say all that should be said, <laughs> not all that could be said. Now, that's powerful. I like that say all that should be said and not all that could be said. Amen, amen, amen. Well, Life Changing Nation, it looks like we're getting close to our time. Um, I know I've had a fabulous time. Um, Dr. Green, Senior VP Karen, you guys have uh, any comments, any tips that you'd like to leave the Life Changing Nation with around communication, around connecting better? mine would be, I think mine would just be the think. It's like for what I was thinking about is in each of those letters, there's probably one thing each of us could work on. Is it being more mm -hmm. truthful? Is it being more helpful? Is it being more inspiring or positive? Is it only communicating what's necessary or is it communicating in a more kind way, like a, your tone, giving them your full listening? So I think I was thinking about all of those and I'm working on necessary, like only communicating what's necessary. But I think for each of us, there's probably one we could focus on. And one thing I have found with communication is it gets better. Like if you intentionally try to be more positive or intentionally uh, try to be more kind, it, it's a real learnable skill. With God, we can do anything, right? Um, 
but it's a real learnable skill if we're intentional about it. So I'd say pick one thing to try to do, to try to do better, do more of, less of over the next week. Powerful. And again, I would just go back to what Ephesians 4 says, you know, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head and that is Christ. You know, so just remember to, you know, thinking of the T that Arlene said, T, you know, as far as the truth and just remember that it's all in love and it all comes from the heart. I like that as well. Um, in love and not out of judgment. And I go back to um, Psalms 141 and three, uh, set a guard over my mouth, oh Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips so that what I'm saying is it important? Is it uplifting? Is it glorifying God? And is it benefiting the other person that's receiving my message? So Life Changing Nation, uh, we've enjoyed our time with you as, as always, LTI. We love coming to you every third Wednesday of the month on some type of a topic that we hope will, will edify you, will help you become kingdom leaders so that we can go forth and spread the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. So at this time, we just want to say that we love you. And if there's a need for prayer, please go to our website, lifechangingfaith.com. Uh, leave that prayer request. We have awesome prayer warriors that would love to pray with you and just come alongside of you in your journey. So until next third Wednesday, we love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership, and we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.